Notice that I, I actually read them out of order. Did you catch that? But I went back and got it. So that's good. We all make mistakes. So I'd like to ask you a question. I want you to think for a moment, who are the top five most important people in your life? Real quickly. Okay. Did Jesus make your top five? You don't have to answer me. But did he make your top five? And I'll get back to that later. See, all the readings today, they're about trusting God. Not trusting in human beings in the world, but actually trusting in God. And right now I'm listening every morning and I'm kind of catching up. Have you heard about St. Faustina's diary in a year? If you haven't, it's a podcast. Look it up. They're only seven to nine minutes long. Absolutely amazing. And what she said in one of her uh, writings is she said, I have a permanent place for Jesus in my heart. And then she said, there's no room for anyone else. She was completely filled with the love of God in her heart. Now Luke, we heard his version of the Beatitudes today, which are quite different than what we hear in Matthew. And in Luke, they're very personal because they refer to you. And I tried to emphasize that even while doing them out of order. Now, in living these out, what begins to happen to us is that Jesus becomes a permanent part of our heart. A little bit at a time, he begins to take more and more ownership of who we are, of who he intended and he created us to be. And now, if you look at these Beatitudes, they're both spiritual and they're physical. So I'm going to go through all four of these. At least it's not Matthew or we'd be here forever. So, well, thank you, Kathy. <laughs> One person got the joke. So poor in spirit. Okay, so there's the physical side of that, right? And we know all about that here at St. Vincent de Paul because we experience it each and every day and we feed the homeless, which is different. But people living in poverty, people living on the corner, people who have nothing, people who are truly poor. We here in the United States, though, are very lucky because there are tens of millions of people throughout the world that go hungry, do not have fresh water, do not have power, and that's how they live. They live in complete poverty. The other type of poverty that we are talking about here in poor of spirit is one where we fully rely on God. In a world today in the United States where we can pretty much have everything we want to have, it's so easy to be full of the world and let that take control of our heart instead of letting our heart be permanently filled with Jesus. So when we are poor in spirit, it means we are empty of the world and we are full of the Spirit of God. And St. Faustina said in her diaries as well, she said that when we let the Holy Spirit, the love of God, into our lives, He will fill up in our lives what is lacking. And He too will fill our hearts with His permanent love. The second one is about hunger. And as I just said, we have people that are hungry right 
here around us now who do not have the money or a place to go and eat. And praise God for all of you that support the backdoor ministry that we've had here for decades on end that helps to support the people in our community. Now, I just left a group at the retreat center. It's a group that's on RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. They are on the journey to either be baptized or confirmed. You want to know what they're hungry for? They are hungry for some Jesus. They are hungry to be loved, to be brought into the church, and to know their Savior in a more personal and intimate way. That's what it means spiritually to be hungry for God, to never be satisfied, to never be complacent, to never forget that God always has more that He can feed us with. His Word, His body, blood, soul, and divinity, and so much more. God wants to be present to feed us at every single moment of our lives. And then, blessed are those who are sorrowful. I'd never have liked this one. Because it's hard to imagine that when you're going through something difficult that you could leap for joy. I did a funeral this morning for a 17-year-old that died. A Filipino family. He had drowned four years ago, and they saved him. And he had been in a vegetative state living with the family with a feeding tube for four years. And finally, his heart couldn't take anymore. Well, in the midst of all that sorrow and that grief, as we finished the service and his body was laid to rest in the mausoleum and they put that marble up there, this little Filipino woman came over to me. In the midst of her sorrow, in the midst of her grief, she came over and she embraced me. And she hugged me so tight, she would not let me go for like three minutes. And she cried in my arms. And the whole time I'm thinking, and this is exactly what the Lord is speaking to us in the gospel today, in the midst of all that tragedy, I could feel the love of God welling up from her. Not because of her sorrow, not because of her grief, but because of her love for the Lord. I felt like she was Jesus embracing me. I was there to do a service for her. And Jesus used her to hug me. That's what it means when we allow the Lord to enter into our sorrow. So you get a two for one on sorrow. So I have one more story. So I was diagnosed with cancer four years ago, had my prostate removed, and then my cancer started to come back over the last uh, year. And so the doctor said, well, your numbers are going up, and so you're going to have to do radiation. The first time I did this, and this is about sorrow, this is how the Lord wants us to work in our sorrow, how He wants to work in our sorrow. He said, David, I do not want you to be quiet about this. I do not want you to hide it. I do not want you to go in a corner. I want you to go out and tell everybody. And the reason I want you to tell them is because I want to use this cancer as a means to evangelize and share my love with other people. And what has happened in just a few short weeks, every time I tell somebody, let me pray for you right now. God's love is being poured out. 
I said, well, I want to do a podcast, but I need a name. Somebody sent me a text. I'm going to call it Radiating God's Love. I said, what? That's perfect. So for 40 days, I'm going to do a podcast to share my journey of how the Lord is encountering me through this process. I'm not going to wallow in self-pity. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stand firm in the love of God and to know that no matter what happens, He is going to use me to bring other people to Himself. And especially cancer. He's going to use it to bring about the kingdom. And then there's rejected. Who can be happy about being rejected? Just the other week, I was giving my love to someone. And my problem was, is I had an expectation. I had an expectation that they were going to love me back. That they were going to respond back the way I wanted them to. And I was so hurt. I was so devastated that, that in that moment, someone close to me could not give me back what I had so hoped for. And I ached in my soul. It hurt me so bad. And what did I do? I drove here. Because I've got a key. And I went right over there. And I kneeled down. And I said, Lord, I know that you love me. I know that you are all that I need. Why am I hurting so much? Now a big light and a big voice didn't come out. But for that little bit of time I was there, I was assured of God's love, mostly because He drew me to Himself. He said, you're right, you're not going to find it in the world, David. You're going to find it right here in me and only in me. I will never let you down. I will never disappoint. I will always be there for you. I will always love you. So go back to your top five. Maybe the five people on your list, their name wasn't Jesus. But I bet you if you look inside of those people, you'll find Him. Because the reason you're attracted to those people, the reason they're important to you, is not because of them, but because of the God who loves them that is inside of them. And that's what we see. We must be intentional as we see one another to know that who we are seeing is Christ in one another. We are His body. Then one last thing from St. Faustina. If you haven't read her diaries, you have to do it. It's incredible. She said Jesus told her, Jesus told Faustina, and she wrote this in her letters, your heart is my heaven. I hope one day that Jesus will speak to me in some way into my heart and say, David, your heart is my heaven. Because that's exactly where the Lord wants to be. And He wants to be there in a permanent way. And He doesn't want to have you any other way than just the way you are loving Him.